Hey everyone, it's Hamish from the Young Investors Podcast. Myself and Brandon are excited to bring you your weekly rundown of the latest business and investing news from around the world. A quick reminder before we get started, any advice provided by Brandon is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives, so consider whether it's appropriate for you. Brandon Vanderkolk is authorized to provide general financial product advice in Australia and is authorized representative number 130795 of Guideway Financial Services Proprietary Limited. AFSL number 420367. Please see the description box for Brandon's financial services guide. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future investment returns. But with that said, let's get into another episode of the Young Investors Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Young Investors Podcast. Hamish Hodder, what's going on, my friend? Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's a good week when the YouTube uh, gods are on your side. So <laughs> I've been uh, yes. I've been blessed, uh, fortunately. Which is, Holy uh, smokes, man! Yeah, I had a crazy video. Which is, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm glad it did well because I put so much time into this video, and I've put so much yeah. time into recent videos that have performed uh, a lot worse than I expected. So it's it's good. I got I got so, I got some luck from the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> How many views is your latest video up to? Uh, I think it did three hundred thousand in the first day, which is just crazy. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's just insane. I checked this that's, morning and it had um it had ten thousand likes. Like that's just I don't think I've ever had a video have ten thousand likes in a day. Like that's just a, that's just a crazy stat. Um, Man, so. when YouTube's on your side, it's on your side. This is the yeah. thing that I I love and hate about YouTube. We both love and hate about YouTube. When it's yeah. good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to be no. That's. Yeah. It, it, I was gonna say it was a good video though. If you haven't watched Thanks. it, uh, it's a really good breakdown on basically China's economy. We've actually both made videos about China's economy recently, but yeah, yours is absolutely skyrocketing. Crazy. Uh, but it's good to see. Anyway, Hamish, in this episode, we are doing the news. Uh, just one episode coming at you for this week, but we'll still run through the news. You've got some Elon Musk news yeah. that uh, I actually haven't heard about, so that'll be interesting because mm. normally I'm across it all. <laughs> um, I'm also going to be talking about uh, Google's earnings, most recent earnings. And uh, what's your last story, Hamish? And then we're going to talk about uh, some companies that are cut, potentially cutting a lot of jobs in 2024. So we'll take a look at the mm. job landscape going into, going into the rest a of this lot, year. A lot of layoffs happening, yep. isn't there? Well, I guess we will talk about it. We All right. Well, with that said, should we get into it? Yeah. So today's episode is brought to you by Seeking Alpha, your one-stop shop for stock analysis, market data, and news. Access expert analysis and news for thousands of stocks. View buy, hold, and sell ratings from members, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's own algorithm. Screen for stocks using a variety of fundamental and technical analysis metrics. Access 10 years of financial data and company filings. And manage your portfolio by tracking your investments with price alerts so you never miss a buying opportunity again. Click the link in the episode description or head directly to seekingalpha.me forward slash young investors. Seekingalpha.me forward slash young investors to try Seeking Alpha free for seven days. So go check it out if you haven't already. All right, Hamish, where do you want to start let's, today? Um, you pick. Let's start with this story, which to be fair, this story is kind of a couple of weeks old, but I didn't really see it get, it, it kind of flew under the radar and I thought it was kind right. of an interesting story. So I wanted to bring it up. And basically the story is this story of potentially Elon Musk basically blackmailing Tesla shareholders. <laughs> Uh, really and uh yeah and it's 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 got some twists and turns and i thought it was an interesting story so it is from a couple of weeks ago but um i don't think many people have seen this and i just thought it was kind of a funny 
Elon tweeting some crazy stuff uh, <laughs> story. So I thought we'd kind of um, right. we could kind of go through it. So uh, this happened, I think it was like the 15th or the 16th of January. Musk wrote on X or, or Twitter, uh, I am uncomfortable growing. I am uncomfortable growing Tesla to be a leader in AI and robotics without having about 25% voting control. Enough to be influential, but not so much that I can't be overturned. Unless that is the case, I would prefer to build products outside of Tesla. So that's what he tweeted oh. uh, in what the, the middle of uh, of January. Uh, and to give some context, Musk, Musk currently owns about 13% of Tesla, which is a stake worth about $77 billion. Um, of course, he, he used to own a much larger percentage of Tesla, um, but he's done kind of a, num- a couple of sales recently, the biggest being... Uh, about how much it was about $40 billion. I think he sold in stock to fund the Twitter acquisition. Um, I think the Twitter acquisition was like 44 billion or something like that. So I I think I read an article. He did sell a few different chunks at a few different times that were quite sizable, but I don't actually know how much it totaled, but yeah, he did, he did sell to some of his stake to try and help him acquire that Twitter. Yeah. um, The, well, the Twitter platform. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember he had, um, he had like the, biggest tax bill ever or something like there was it was like mm. a 16 billion dollar tax bill or, or something from his compensation yeah. package i think that he received so i think he sold a bunch of stock to pay for that compensation package as well um so he did yeah. used to own a, a much larger percentage of the company he now owns about 13 percent um but his tweet kind of seems to suggest that he wants to have 25 percent of the company which would give him another 12 percent or in market cap that's another 72 billion dollars <laughs> Yeah, interesting. And uh, interesting. I wonder, <laughs> is there some way he can do it by like making a different class of share that's like not worth very much but has a lot of voting rights or something? I, I don't really know how this kind of stuff works. Yeah. But I'm sure that, I don't know. Because <laughs> just, hey guys, I'm look, I've got good reason, but I'm just going to give myself some more shares. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, you, you, you're, you're too smart. You, you jumped the gun and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, oh, okay, and sorry, we'll sorry. We'll get about. to that later. We will, we sure. will talk about dual right, class okay. shares, but I just thought it was so funny because, like he says in the tweet, prefer to build products outside of Tesla, which kind of implies, give me seventy billion dollars, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'm or gonna I'm leave it, or I'm gonna make products elsewhere, or you know, you don't have my full yeah. attention, which I just thought was like a very funny, um, very funny tweet. <laughs> Um, 72 billion or I won. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just received a $50 billion compensation pack, the biggest in history, which he's getting sued over as well. But no, nah, give me another 70 yeah. billion. 70 billion. Why not? <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> I worked so hard for this company. I need another 70 billion. Uh, um, so, so why 25%? Um, why that specific amount? Um, basically he said in his tweets that he wants to limit the risk of a takeover. So currently if there was a takeover bid that happened and the shareholders of Tesla voted on it, Musk would need 38% of Tesla shareholders to side with him to prevent it, right? So 38% or 39% plus his 12% would get you over the, over the 50% mark with 25% ownership, of course, only about 25 or you know 25.01 would need to uh, side with him. Or in Musk's words in his tweet, with 25%, it would take twice as many shareholders voting against him uh, than for him to allow a takeover. So that's essentially right. his rationale. Is he wants to he wants Tesla to be in a situation where a takeover is pretty hard, but only but but still possible and only possible if 
double as many shareholders were against him than 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 for him. Fifty against and then twenty five kind of in favor. Um, right. Okay. So how would Tesla even do Makes this? Sense. Well, they would issue obviously a bunch of new shares and just give them to to, to Musk. That's kind of one way they could go about it. Um, so that he has 25% of the total pool. The problem with that, of course, is that usually when a company issues new shares, at least the company gets something in exchange, right? They get, usually mm. the shareholders have a smaller percentage of the company because it's more shares, but they get new capital to inject into the company. This would just be shareholders basically becoming a smaller owner in exchange for Musk's promise of his full attention, <laughs> which is kind of a funny deal. It's like, hmm, if you want me to invest all my knowledge and my skills of AI into this company and not elsewhere, give me give me $80 billion. <laughs> I need $80 billion. Come on, Elon. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, as you kind of uh, alluded to, um, this story is funny, but it's not entirely uh, – that, that's not the whole story. He's not – he probably isn't really asking for uh, $80 billion from shareholders. The, the tweet specifically says 25% voting control. So it's obviously possible for a founder or a CEO to uh, have a, a larger voting control than ownership through dual-class shares, which is kind of what you mentioned um, so Meta, for example, has uh, two classes of shares. They have the classic shares and then they have Zuckerberg's special shares um, where he gets his, his special... <laughs> the fairy dust shares. shares. Yeah, exactly. That have 10 votes per share. So he has, you know, only 14% ownership, ownership of Meta, but 60% voting power. And his next mm. tweet actually just really confirmed this. He said, I would be fine with a dual class voting structure uh, to achieve this, but I'm, but I'm told it's impossible to achieve... Uh, post-IPO in Delaware, which is where uh, the company is incorporated. So it does seem to, which is kind of funny because uh, obviously he's aware that he would probably prefer just to take the voting power and not, you know, reduce everyone else's ownership and actually give himself $80 billion in value basically. But he's also kind of saying he don't doesn't think it's possible. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what to think of this like thread <laughs> because yeah. on one hand- What's he going to do? Yeah, if he just wants voting control, I kind of get that. And if shareholders want to give him just voting power, that's I, I get that. But to give him like another $80 billion of value after he just sold like $40 billion to fund like some other, you know, fun thing that he's doing on the side, which was Twitter, seems like kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, no chance. N- like- Come on, no chance. Surely, surely there's no world where he just gets gifted <laughs> eighty odd or seventy two billion dollars. Surely, like surely, yeah. Because what what would have to happen? Like the he would have to put this to the shareholders. Yeah, he, he, surely he can't just do no, it. No, 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 no. There would have to be so a majority. He'd have to this. put it to the yeah. shareholders. There'd have to be a vote, and then if there's some sort of majority, he would get the seventy billion. Yeah, basically, yeah. Which, uh, and, and it's just for his, like, full attention. Like, he's saying he wants to work yeah. on AI and robotics and he's obviously got the choice between doing it uh, as intellectual property in Tesla or doing it with other companies because he runs other companies. Um, which I just think is just, like, a really funny thing for a CEO to say. <laughs> like, mm. nah, I'm going to take another $80 billion or I'm just going to, you know, put in I'm tr- 30% I'm just effort. trying to think... If he can't just do the B class kind of share system, like what is there any world where this possibly works where he like commits himself, he like writes in a contract that he will reinvest the seventy two billion straight back into Tesla or something like that? I don't know how that works though, like because yeah, he's not right. injecting any money. Like he's just gaining 
a share. So like like the the only co- the, the contract would basically be like he promises to use all his brain power on AI in Tesla which no but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like is there some world I don't know but is there some world where he can get uh gifted this 72 billion dollars and then he pledges to put all of that money that he receives personally into the growth and development of Tesla in some way yeah but i mean he's not receiving anything he's just like it's just i mean i get i i mean I guess, but it's like it's not like he's actually putting any cash in the business. He's just oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. he's just taking a share of ownership away from the other shareholders, basically. So there's no, I mean, and then yeah, and then he he could he could of course course. then sell those shares and then put the money in the company. Uh, but, but then he sold the shares. But then he sold the shares, which defeats what he's trying to achieve, which is he wants to own a large share. So. Yeah. So it is, yeah. It is just such a there weird. There is no way around it. No, unless he can do the dual class listing, um, which he said maybe not. But yeah, I just thought that was a hilarious side story. Somehow it, I just didn't see this, but I, it, it, it uh, I saw someone react to it on YouTube, and it was just I just thought it was really funny that he's just like that is mm, that's bizarre. I'll take another. I just, I'll take another 80, mil- 80 billion. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I don't see he because he couldn't draw the equivalent cash from somewhere else and put it in to account for... Yeah, I don't don't know. I don't know how that that would work, but I would not be voting for that as a shareholder. I I, I doubt if that gets put to the shareholders, there's any chance that passes. That is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) there you go. Good one, Elon. Well done. Nice. There's no shortage of uh, Elon saying insane stuff on um, Twitter, so... Uh, Thought it was pretty funny. Hey, hey, hey. Maybe up. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe I just need to take new money public. Hey guys, by the way, I just need I need more voting rights. Mm. So yeah, you sell, more shares. Um, that's so true. Yeah, sell ninety percent of the company to people, and then say you won't make videos unless they give it back. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Oh, there's no there's no new money without yeah, the host. So. Ha, got him. Got him. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to need 50% so control back. But I'm but I'm not giving yeah, you sorry, money back. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, good luck to you, Elon. I, I hope it works out for you, mate. Yeah. All right, should we move on? Yeah, what have we got? Take us through some uh, earnings. Right. Yeah, we got Google earnings. Um, so I have actually so we've just got the earnings release we don't have the conference call yet at the time of recording this and we don't even have the um the 10q yet no. so we just have an earnings release uh, but um mix mixed bag hmm? uh overall i would say pretty pretty good pretty good um so where shall we start alphabet recorded its fastest uh quarter for revenue growth since early 2022 so total revenue was up 13.5 percent so total revenue went from uh quarter ended december 31st 2022 was 76 billion and now it's 86.3 billion so that is uh that is pretty solid uh and of course we have to remember with google there's uh there's a big breakdown of all the different uh, revenue segments. So I'll go through those uh, reasonably quickly, hopefully. So the the first and biggest category is, of course, Google search. Um, So Google search was up uh, 12.7% year over year. So now up to $48 billion in revenue. So of the total revenue of uh, 86 billion, 48 of it 
comes from just Google search, just ad revenue from Google search, Crazy. which is uh, that that is that is the biggest um, the the biggest chunk. Uh, actually, not the biggest chunk. Google service. Oh no, because I guess added together. Yeah, definitely yeah. the biggest chunk of their ad revenue. Yep, yep. Sorry, I just had a brain fart. It's crazy they're still growing um, at double digits. <laughs> like, how's that? Yeah. Like, I guess volume, but and and ad rates going up as well. But it's it's just crazy. I think it's actually yeah, probably yeah. mostly volume. Yeah, but it's um, it's pretty insane still to get that kind of growth. Yeah. Um. So YouTube ads. YouTube ads were up 15.5% year over year, but only from 7.9 billion to 9.2 billion. So, so much less in terms of that revenue category. Then uh, Google Network, so other people hosting uh, Google ads on their own platforms, uh, that was down 2.1%. Uh, so that was what, 8, 8.297 billion, um, whereas before last year it was 8.475 billion in Q4. Yeah. Uh, and then that leaves us with uh, Google, adver- uh, so total Google advertising, um, which uh, was up 10.9% year over year. So solid growth overall from uh, Google advertising. Mm. And then of course we have on top of their advertising business, we have the subscriptions, the platforms, the devices. Um, that used to be called Google Other, and now they've actually called it. They've teased it out a little bit so that you don't have to remember. Um, and they've called that that category Google Subscriptions, Platforms, and Devices. So that, that category was up 22.7% year over year, mm. so solid growth. It's now up to 10.7 or $10.8 billion in revenue. It was at uh, $8.8 billion in revenue last year mm. for the for the Q4 of last year. <clears throat> so pretty solid. And that gives us uh, Google services uh, total. So the total of Google services up 12.4%. Uh, year over year. Then on top of that, so on top of Google services, we also have Google Cloud uh, as a separate revenue segment, which was up 25.6% year over year. Uh, That came in with revenue of 9.2 billion as opposed to 7.3 billion last year. So overall... I I think that's uh, that is pretty solid growth in in most areas. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Uh, I think because last year I think uh, their growth was pretty flat. I I believe just off the top yeah. of my head. So um, yeah, it's crazy to see them them bounce back in a big way. I always like to check every year just the YouTube ad revenue. It's always interesting to me to see what's like kind of the size of the YouTube ad economy. So I added up all the quarters. So for yeah. 2023, it was in total uh, 31.5 billion dollars. Which means about seventeen mm. billion paid to creators. Um, to creators, which is uh, yeah, it's just an astounding figure. It's like wow, it's like you know, you it, it doesn't ever feel that big, but it's like seventeen billion dollars. Mm. That's a big industry. Um, I guess there are a lot like of creators now these days. <laughs> there is on of YouTube. Course. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and I'm sure it's very top heavy. Yeah, uh, of course, of course. Um, but it's fascinating Wonder to how, see it how much Mr. Beast is pulling in. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, he'd be pulling in a lot. Yeah, he'd be taking many, a, many, many millions. But even still, he'd be a pretty small percentage of the the total pool of um, of overall. Yeah. Usually, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, pretty crazy. Definitely, yeah. Um, so that was uh, that's revenue. Uh, yeah, as I said before, total revenue came in at eighty six billion. Uh, it's up from seventy six billion uh, year over year. And now we talk about uh, operating uh, operating results, operating income. So, uh, of course, it's one thing to generate revenue, but can you generate profit from that business is the next question. So, 
Yeah, the short answer is yes. <laughs> for, for Google, they, they, have, they have no problems in that department. But let me tell you more about it anyway. <laughs> so Google services came in with operating uh, income of $26.7 billion, uh, up from $20.2 billion year over year. So that is by far um, their biggest uh, operating income driver. In fact, it, it makes up more than 100% of their total income from <laughs> yeah. operations, which uh, which kind of tells you a little bit about the the next the next categories. Um, however, Google Cloud is no longer the one dragging them down. So for mm. the longest time, Google Cloud was not running profitably. We've we've spoken in the last couple of quarters how yeah. they have just got that profitability and they have maintained that profitability. They generated eight hundred and sixty four million dollars in operating profit uh, in the fourth quarter of two thousand and twenty three. Yep. Versus uh, negative 186 million in the fourth quarter of 2022. Right. Yeah. So, good to see Google Cloud is uh, is coming along. Still nothing nothing crazy, but it could be in the future. Yeah. That is obviously one of their big focuses, but uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, and then other bets is still not profitable, but uh, the numbers are consistent with uh, what Sundar was saying about how they need to really hone their efforts onto the more profitable segments and forget about the ones that are bleeding money. So they lost just eight hundred just $863 million uh, in Q4 versus uh, $1.2 billion in Q4 of 2022. Hmm. So, be nice to... Yeah, overall... Yeah, I was sorry? Say, it'd be nice to be able to burn a billion dollars on just like trying stuff. <laughs> Yeah, a billion dollars a year in that. <laughs> yeah, imagine, yeah, burning at one point two billion a year, and it doesn't and even just being like, well, it's it's fine. It doesn't even make a. It's nothing. It's a dot. It's a dot on the map. Yeah. And yeah, they they obviously can spawn you know pretty considerable businesses out of that. So it's um, mm. it's just interesting. Yeah, the advantage they that's have. That's what I. That's what I like. Kind of like about Tesla as well is that um, when when you really analyze their business, it's kind of like you know, a hundred different startups. Mm. Like it's it, like collectively they come together and obviously the automotive manufacturing businesses is enormous. But when you actually break down like all the different things they do, like the, the chip design and the supercomputers and the full self-driving and like all these little things and like, um, uh, like insurance, like a little insurance business here and that, it's like a lot. They just put a lot, uh, well, they put, they have the budget to be able to put enough money behind these ideas that they can genuinely test whether these are like viable big businesses of the future, yeah. and that's similar to like what Google does as well. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this could be something uh, we can we can spend. You know, whereas other companies, if they wanted to start some life extension company and and put half a billion dollars towards it, no one can just do that. Mm. But a company like Google can be like, yeah, we'll give it a go, and it's not actually that detrimental. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting to watch because I think like eventually any business is going to like plateau in growth. So you always, even when you're growing, you always have to be like just at least on a small scale testing stuff so that you can kind of, they can find the next business that's going to fuel the growth for Google. Maybe it's been like mm -hmm. you know, Google Cloud is potentially coming through as as where the growth will be in the future and their services as kind of um, ads mm -hmm. slows down inevitably. Um, but not yet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, clearly not yet. Um, although, I don't know. Investors weren't happy. I mean, double-digit growth in most, most areas. Investors, they were not happy. Alphabet shares slid more than 6% <laughs> yeah. after the company reported earnings. That, if that just tells you that you can't predict which way stock's going to go post-earnings, I don't know what will. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, yeah. But the only other thing I had to kind of add in for the limited information we've gotten so far from Google was in terms of their um, their headcount. So uh, last year they had 12,000 job cuts, uh, which amounted to roughly 6% of its workforce. And now looking at this da- most recent data, their current employees at the end of uh, December 2023 was 182,500, right. down from 190,000 in Q4 2022. Okay. Um, they also note in the uh, earnings release, in January 2023, we announced a reduction of our workforce, and as a result, we, uh, we recorded employee severance and related charges of $2.1 billion for the 12 months ended December 31st, 2023. Uh, in addition, we are taking actions to optimize our global office space. So still still working on trimming the fat. There you go. And speaking mm. of that, let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk what about a job cuts. Beautiful in, segue uh, in 2024. You stole a little bit of my story, but it wasn't a large part Sorry. of my story. No, it's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to first talk about so 2022 and 2023, particularly 2022, there were big layoffs, um, especially in tech. Uh, we saw kind of the tech stocks roll off in in 2022, and and uh, and company growth stalled. Like yeah, we spoke about Google. I think they didn't grow too much in in 2022. Uh, so a lot of companies were laying off uh, a, a lot of workers. Some of the big ones, uh, Ernest and Young, a big accounting firm, cut 3,000 jobs. Spotify cut 17% of its workforce, 1,500 jobs. T-Mobile cuts cut 7% of its workforce, 5,000 jobs. Amazon cut 9,000 jobs, although Amazon, I think, employs over a, a million people or something insane like that, so very small percentage. Uh, Meta cut 10,000 jobs, and as you just said, Alphabet cut 12,000. Um, so going into 2024, um, despite some of those, obviously, some of those numbers, you know, they, they seem pretty astounding, you know, 10,000, 5,000. Despite all of that, yeah. US unemployment at the end of the year was still at a basically a record low. Uh, it was a 3.7%. I think the record low is maybe 3.4% or something like that. But regardless, anything in the 3% or even the 4% range uh, is insanely low. Um, the labor mm. market has continued to be extremely tight. So even though some companies have been laying off, broadly speaking, or at least on average, I don't know these numbers are kind of flawed in some ways because they're just looking at broad averages, but generally speaking, um, the, the 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 labor market has been incredibly favorable for workers. Um, and that's why there's also been, you know, a lot of wage growth and that sort of thing. Um, it's how, kind of mind blowing, really. It is. How, right? how low un- unemployment has been. Yeah. Especially given... It's very unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, you know, rates go up considerably. So business, you generally you expect businesses to have higher expenses. Uh, you know, consumers have less money. So you would think they'd be spending a little bit less and all of that you would think would culminate in, uh, you know, a lot more layoffs and that sort of thing. Um, but it hasn't really happened. However, um, hiring has kind of slowed in, in recent months. Um, and employees, are, this is a report from the Wall Street Journal, I think, employees are quitting at a lower rate uh, than pre-pandemic. So um, they were kind of seeing that maybe the market is, you know, uh, uh, loosening a little bit, um, becoming a little less tight. Um, so, and with that said, uh, there was uh, quite a few uh, layoff announcements this year already so far. Um, so as you said, Alphabet uh, announced uh, that they'll be laying off, uh, I think they said several hundred employees, uh, shifting their focus uh, towards uh, investment in AI. So just kind of reallocating resources um, from from areas where they think it, they don't need as many employees to, to 
to focusing on artificial intelligence. Uh, Bank of New York, uh, Ma- uh, Bank of New York Mellon uh, to cut uh, 1,500 jobs, uh, 3% of its uh, workforce. BlackRock will cut 3% of its workforce, which is 500 people. Uh, Coinbase and Crypto.com cutting 20% each of their workforce. Microsoft was an interesting one there to cut 10,000 employees, um, but represents less than 5% of its staff. PayPal cutting 2,000 yeah, jobs. Yes, yeah, so some, of, some of these uh, companies, it's, it, you can't even comprehend how many people they hire. Um, like Walmart and, and Amazon, I think both of them hire more than a million people. Unbelievable. Which is, which is just like yeah. a million people. Like that's crazy. Like, uh, yeah. Like what's their payroll? It's, like? ki- <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's kind of crazy saying like laying off, you know, BlackRock's laying off 500 people and then uh, Microsoft is laying off less than 5% of its staff, but that's 10,000 employees. <laughs> insane. <laughs> Yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh, PayPal 2000, uh, 7% of their workforce. Um, here's a crazy one. Salesforce to cut 10% of its staff, 80,000 people. Whoa. Which is, um, I think that's the biggest number that's... in the the list there. So the biggest number of yeah, people. that's and, huge. And not, not the biggest percentage of staff, but but yeah, 80,000 is crazy. Um, that's huge. To, to even like. 80,000. Like that, that's got to be it. I didn't realize Salesforce had that many employees. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, to be fair, in Salesforce's case, they're, they're talking, you know, not in the US. This is their global, yeah, global workforce. So, surely. Um, you know, that kind of plays a role. Um, so why are these layoffs happening? Well, it kind of varies, I think, a little bit industry to industry. So in tech, for example, lots of companies are investing very heavily in AI. So as, you know, Alphabet actually said directly, a lot of companies are just reallocating resources. So whether that's laying off people in other areas and then hiring in new areas that are related to AI or just laying off people and then um, allocating that, that cash flow to, 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 to um, assets that they need to buy in those areas. Um, in the financial sector, why are layoffs happening? Um, Steve Eisman, he did an interview where he kind of spoke about this pretty clearly. Um, he kind of sees it as three factors that are hurting their ability to grow higher interest rates, lower deposits and stricter capital requirements. Um, so what does that mean? Higher interest rates means paying out more interest to, to, to depositors, of course. So your savings accounts have higher rates. Um, of course, higher rates also does mean they can sell mortgages at higher rate, uh, at, at higher rates. But banks, uh, since COVID, have a lot of fixed assets on their books that have really low interest rates. Um, so even though they they can now, of course, sell mortgages at a higher rate, they are kind of stuck with uh, a lot of the banks are stuck with enormous amounts of, say, 10-year government bonds that they bought in 2020 at less than 1%. So they've got all these assets mm. earning absolutely nothing. And now they're having to pay out more to depositors because of the high interest rates. Um the second factor was uh, deposits at U.S. banks have been declining for well over a year now, which of course means that they have less of an ability to lend out. Uh, and capital requirements got quite a bit stricter after the banking crisis that happened just last year. Um, so those are kind of the reasons why the financial sector is kind of looking to cut costs. Uh, and then just mm. broadly, I think it's, you know, we, we've spoken about it a lot. Of course, higher rates mean higher cost of debt for businesses. Um, and what we're probably going to start seeing this year and especially over the next three to five years is a lot of companies refinancing their low interest debt into higher debt. Um, so, Mm. you know, companies often have three, five, seven, 
10, 12 year fixed periods on their debt. So a lot of companies have really low interest rate debt at the moment that will roll over at some point into a few percentage points higher. Um, and, you know, as that happens, you know, companies can obviously see that coming. So that, that obviously plays a role as well in, in wanting to cut costs now um, to, to, mm. to prepare for that. Yeah, this kind of stuff makes me um, makes me think like there's so many people um, that rejoice like ah oh, what what are you talking about there's there's no recession there's there's no economic problems you know the, the nothing it, nothing's going wrong you always get like those people where you, where you make a a really well kind of uh, reasoned video on YouTube and you kind of like <laughs> yeah well these are some these are some of the you know you're not you're not doomsday predicting saying oh the you know sky's gonna yeah. fall you're saying look these are some these are some reasons why you know things might be a little bit tougher this year and you get people in the comments saying oh you're wrong and blah yeah. blah blah but uh, i think that yeah i think that this is kind of showing that the um that maybe we haven't quite felt the full impact of all of this kind of all the macroeconomic changes just yet. I mean, everybody's kind of rejoicing that, you know, we got through and there's been no recession and now the Fed's going to cut interest rates and we're through. But I just look at stuff like this and I'm like, oh, yeah, really? Like, are we really through? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously impossible to know, uh, you know, what's going to happen. But the, these, these are real risk factors. They're just kind of things that are there. Right. It's not, you know, it's, it's, mm. yeah, I, I agree. You're, you're right. A lot of people say, well, the rate hikes have stopped, so we're good. But it's like, well, you know, maybe rates are already at an unsustainable level for a lot of businesses when the debt rolls into yeah. a high interest rate. It's just that they haven't had to refinance yet. Right. Like, or, or maybe, yeah. you know, some households are negative cash flow, but they haven't run out of savings yet. So, like, they're, they're, you know, yep. there's, it's not to say something, you know, to shout doom and gloom and say something is happening, but these are, you know, real things that are there. And, um, they're just, they're just risk factors and, we, you know, we, we never know how it's going to play out. Maybe maybe it works out mm. all right and, or, or, or maybe it doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope it works out all right. Yeah. And long-term. I don't know. Long maybe term, I'm it, too it bearish. Long-term, I'm confident it will all work out okay. Mm. <laughs> and if not, then we're all dead, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great way to end uh, a podcast. All we're right. all going to die anyway. cheery note. <laughs> <laughs> is that all is that all we had to that's is it. that all we had to talk about for that that's that all one? that's all <laughs> oh that's all that's actually how i'm ending this yeah <laughs> all right well, on that cheery note mm. hey you start from what's that monty python quote you start from nothing you go on back to nothing what you lost <laughs> nothing <laughs> all right um well with that with that beautiful uh ending to the podcast we are going to bounce out of here I'm about to go on a cruise, so mm-hmm. I got to make a flight. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 going on a on the Virgin Voyages boat, which will be interesting. Mm. So I'll I'll let you guys know next week how that goes. Mm. But yeah, I'm very excited. So I got to make my plane. I'm coming down. Uh, I'm coming down to Melbourne. So I'll see you later on today, yeah, Hamish. We'll go soon. get some food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll see you soon, and then tomorrow. I'm out of here. All right, guys. Thanks very much for tuning in, as always. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Thank mm-hmm. you.